0: you're here and i figure let's do this let's do this happy new year it is wonderful to see you and i'm so thankful to kick off this uh this year uh with you so let's stand together and let's worship our amazing god who is the same yesterday today and forever here we go Right, let's
1: sing. I was buried beneath that shame. Who could carry that kind of weight?
0: It was my tomb. Till when? When
1: I met you. I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide It was my tomb Till I met you You called my name And then I ran great. Out of the darkness into your glorious day, you called my Your mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all that I know. The old man Jesus, when I met you. And you called. You called my name. And now. Here's some truth right here. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy but chains break at the weight of your glory I needed shelter I was an orphan now you call me a citizen of heaven when I was broken you were my healing and your love is the ever I'm breathing I have a future My eyes are open. When you call my name I ran out of that grave Out of the dark
0: that's a great way to kick off the new year to celebrate how god has saved us how he's redeemed us and is continuing to redeem us and i think it behooves us i didn't learn that word until recently they don't teach that word in mississippi it's just a little too too big but uh, to look for him and to see him and see how he's working god of love god of love god of all
1: glory Every day I see new mercy. Great. Great is your faithfulness. God of love, God of my story. Never fail, never forsake me. Great is your faithfulness. I see you in the morning light. I see you in the fire by night. Child, I am with you will be all right. see you in the tears that run. I feel you when the healing comes. I hear you say, beloved one, I am with you every moment of my life. I see life. you. I see you every moment. I see you. I see you.
2: God, I see you.
1: God of love. God of my vision, every blessing you have given. Great, great is your faithfulness. Oh, how great is your faithfulness. I see you in the morning light, I see you in the fire by night. Hear you say, Child, I am with you. Everything will be alright. I see you in the tears that run, I feel you in the healing comes, I hear you say, One, I am with you every moment of my life, I see you, yes I do, I see you, I see you, God I see you, and I'll worship, I will worship through the storm, through the storm, Through the storm, all my hope is in you, Lord, in you, Lord, in you, Lord. Yes, I will worship through the storm, through the storm, through the storm. All my hope is in you, Lord, in you, Lord, in you, Lord. See you in the morning light, feel you in the fire by night. He hear you say, child, I am with you, everything will be all right. I see you in the morning light, I feel you in the fire right now. I hear you say, child, I am with you, everything will be all right. I you in the tears that run, I feel you in the healing come. I hear you say, beloved one, I am with you. Every moment of of my life life. I see you I see you I see you God, I see you One more time now I I see you I see you I see you God, I see you
0: can have a seat for a second. Thank you for worshiping with us. My wife, Carolyn's going to lead us in a time of revival prayer right now.
3: Thank you. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Well, at this time of year, there is always a lot of talk around New Year's resolutions. And, you know, our social media is blowing up with um, great quotes and announcements of how to change something or go after something new in this year. And pausing and planning the new year isn't a bad thing at all. But what we must remember is our hope is not in a new year. Our hope is in the one who makes all things new. Isaiah 43 says, but the Lord says, Do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing I am going to do. It is happening already. You can see it now. I will make a road to the wilderness and give you streams of water there. We look at our world and we see hurt and we see brokenness. Um, and we might not even have to look at our world. We can maybe even look at our own lives and what's happening around us and we can see hurt and brokenness. Um, but I want I want to take you with me and I want to take our eyes off the world and I want to take our eyes up on the Lord and what he can do. And he is doing a new thing. Um, in the book of Acts, it says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Let's pray for repentance, and let's pray more of that to come. And let's pray for God to pour out his spirit. Our world needs that. And when we pray for God to pull out his spirit, we're asking him to, to save people to for those that are lost and those that are far from God and those that don't aren't seeking him we're asking God to awaken we're asking God that's what revival prayer is we're asking God to awaken eyes to see ears to hear hearts to turn for there to be repentance from for people to actually look toward God and then for God to pour out his spirit there's no better time than now to beginning of a year, right? If we're going to be making resolutions, if we're going to say, you know, I want to do something a little different. What about incorporating revival prayer into our lives? And not just, not just every now and then, but daily, daily praying for revival, letting go of the past. Let's pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And let's pray for that great awakening in our world. God is working. And God is moving, and we all want to see God move in in the lives and hearts of our neighbors and our coworkers and our family and our friends, those that are far from God. But how will that happen unless we pray? Unless we pray. How many of you here can say, I think I'm here today because somebody prayed for me? Amen. Somebody prayed for me. And that means somebody needs you praying for them. How will they know? unless we pray for God to work in their lives. So what if we come together and we pray for revival in our churches, in our land? If we want to see hearts awakened to see Jesus, we must pray. And we must pray with passion. And we must pray with urgency. We must pray with expectancy. We must pray with humility. We must pray without ceasing. We must pray. So tonight we have the perfect opportunity to do that. Tonight we have our revival prayer where we meet here at the church and we gather together and we pray. And if you've been thinking, yeah, I should probably, I've been thinking about doing that, but Sunday nights are a little hard. I want to encourage you to make tonight the night that you come. And if you're like, I don't feel comfortable praying in front of people, that's okay. You can come to sit with us and pray in your spirit. Because... What happens when we just show up, when we just show up and we ask God to do what only he can do? And that's what it really is. So I'm going to invite you to come tonight to revival prayer and be praying for um, your neighbors, your coworkers, your loved ones, our city and our nation, that we would experience revival, that we would experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and that eyes and hearts would be turned toward him. And so right now I just want to lead you in a prayer. Dear God, thank you that you never leave us where we are um, when we seek you. And we ask, God, that you would forgive us of our sins, God, because that's where it starts, with us repenting. And, God, I ask that you would heal our land. I ask for our nation that there would be hearts, God, that would become tender towards you, that that eyes would be open to you, that ears would be open to you. Um, And, Lord, that there would be repentance and a turning towards you thank you for the promise of something new help us to fix our eyes forward and align our hearts in anticipation of what is to come more powerful than any goal we could aspire to do on our own it is our willingness to join in the new work you are doing lord we thank you and uh, we thank you for your guidance and your constant love and we thank you for hearing our prayers in jesus name amen
0: Thank you, Carolyn. Let's stand together, church. God can do it. He can revive. He's a way maker.
1: Let's sing. You are here Moving in our midst I worship you You are here
2: Working in this place
1: I worship you I worship you Waymaker, miracle worker Promise keeper Light in the darkness
0: My God
1: That is who you are You are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart, I worship you, I worship you, you are here healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Turning lives. Turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. mending every Stop You'll never stop working. Never stop. Never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You'll never stop. Never stop working. Never stop. Never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise, keeper, light in the darkness. My God, God. Are the way maker, you are our promise keeper. That is who you are. Let's
0: pray together, church. Father, thank you for being our wake maker. There is nothing that is too difficult for you. There is nothing that takes you by surprise. There's nothing you can't do. And God, we just want to humbly partner with you in seeing revival. We want to humble ourselves. We want to seek you daily. And we want to ask you to do what only you can do. Change us, God, from the inside out. Change our hearts, Lord. Make them ever true. Lord, change our hearts and help us to be like you. We look forward to how you're going to work in us and through us, especially this year. And we love you, Lord. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Have a seat, everybody.
4: All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to see each of you. Really glad you could join us. Uh, If you're joining us today, either through YouTube or through Facebook, we're really glad uh, that you chose to worship with us today. Uh, But really, really good to see you guys. Hey, one of the things I like about our church, I've always liked about our church, I I think it's been a real strength of our church. uh, I think it's been a value of our church, is what we call relational warmth, being relationally warm. And uh, what that is and what that's about, it's about It's really just about loving each other well. Uh, It's really uh, just about creating safe places where people can connect and grow. And for us, that looks like a lot of stuff. It looks like our small groups where people get connected there. But also looks like just how we greet each other uh, on Sunday mornings before church, how we greet each other after church. And so this last week, I had a conversation uh, with Rich about this. Right now, most of you know we're seeing a real spike and COVID again, which is not really uh, unexpected, I think our medical experts recognized it, uh, was going to be coming when they were watching what happened in South Africa. But in South Africa, what happened was there was a, a big spike because of Omicron. Uh, and then uh, and the bad news about Omicron is this. It's a lot more contagious than Delta was. The good news is you don't get near sick. So, uh, but but what's happened in South Africa is you saw this sharp increase, and then it fell off uh, very, very sharply, and that's kind of what medical professionals are expecting here in America, is that we're kind of in that steep climb, we'll hit the peak, and then we'll go back down again. But I had called uh, Rich, I think it was Monday night, we were talking by phone, and I asked Rich, I just said, Rich, should we be concerned about how we greet one another uh, in this, you know, with the spread of Omicron? And basically what Rich said to me, he said, uh, as long as you don't have any kind of underlying health conditions, uh, as long as you have, um, um, I'm sorry, my phone is buzzing like crazy, uh, which means that I'm getting lots of text or something. I don't know. Uh, So I just lost my concentration. What was I saying? Anyway, Rich's phone call. All right. All right. Uh, So when I was talking with Rich, I asked him, should we be concerned about this? And he said, as long as you don't have underlying health problems, like uh, an uh, immunocompromised system or diabetes or something like that, as long as you don't have underlying health problems, as long as you've been double vaccinated and been boosted, the chances of getting a serious illness from COVID is very, very unlikely. And when I say very unlikely – for Rich, he did a special test. For him, it was 0.2 percent. That was his chance of getting seriously ill. His chance of going to the hospital because of it is 0.02 percent, which is negligible. And the chances of dying from it are 0.005 percent. So what we're saying is that when people, and this is what medical professionals are telling us, and it's pretty consistent, is if we have been, uh, if you've been, uh, if you've been vaccinated, if you have been boosted. The chances, the likelihood of getting seriously ill are very, very low. So however, having said that, this is what Rich said. We should still wear masks when we are greeting people, especially if like it's with someone who has uh, uh, an immunocompromised system or who uh, they have a family member or someone they're around on a regular basis who might be immunocompromised or they're around a child who's unable to get vaccinated. So uh, in that case, we really, it's, it's just about being kind and considerate. Really, it's all about just following Jesus. It's about loving our neighbor and just looking out, not just for our personal interest, but the interest of other people. And that's really a lot of what we're about. So just wanted to uh, uh, to speak to that very quickly, but that should not keep us from being relationally warm just because I wear a mask when I'm closer to you and we're talking doesn't mean we can't be relationally warm doesn't mean we can't be kind considerate really connect with other people so uh, just a few thoughts from a medical professional in the medical community Uh, very quickly uh, Kathy can I ask you to come up please very quickly I mean just run I'm just kidding don't run don't run don't run take your time all right we have all kinds of time here today. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's come on over here because we got to be in the... Got to be in the...
5: Oh, in the...
4: Got to be in the camera. Spotlight. Got to be in the spotlight. You want this? I'll uh, let you use that if you want to.
5: I brought a bunch of junk.
4: Oh. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Fantastic. So, um, so the reason I invited Kathy up here, first of all... I think Kathy's fantastic. I really do. Yeah, I think she's a wonderful. I, I think she's a wonderful example of following Jesus. I've always loved your passion for the Word of God, your passion for prayer. I've loved the way for so many years you served my children in our church and wow. other children in our church. So Kathy has always been. What's it? And then there's your award-winning pie. <laughs> Did my husband tell you about that? you made it for me one time actually two times I could, we got one time she, she makes this incredible pie that she won this award for is it cherry or is it cherry pie. cherry cherry pie was- washington big washington award and so i i she made one for me i took it to a rotary uh event oh, that's right. and we raffled it off and we got it was like i don't know it was like 200 <laughs> bucks or something we got off a pie so it's like could you keep making those pies please I need to get
5: back at it. Okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so the reason that I wanted Kathy to come up is because I think Kathy is a really good example of what it looks like to read your Bible. And so I wanted to ask you just a couple of questions, yeah. and uh, which I can't read without my glasses. But the first one is simply this.
5: Why is reading the Bible important for you? Oh, my goodness. Uh, for me, reading reading and asking questions as I'm reading and talking to Jesus as I'm reading um, really gets me back on track.
1: Hmm.
5: I mean, I get off track about how I think about myself. I get off track about how I think about my husband. I get off track about how I think about people I work with. Uh, I get annoyed. Hmm. I get not a lot because... You know, but I do get annoyed once in a while, and and I get sad once in a while. And when I get back into God's Word, um, honestly, He cleans it all up for me.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
5: I get His perspective a little bit more, His perspective on me, on uh, my neighborhood. You know, and one of the verses we read in our last study with Joy uh and Peter says honor all men. Mm. That's helped me so much. You know, I I was even driving. Mm. (laughs) You know, people are crazy out there, you know, and Mm. I'm driving and somebody's doing something really nuts and, you know, cutting you off. And he brings that back to my mind, honor Mm. all men. And Mm -hmm. so I just, you know, throttle back Mm. and remember, Okay. Okay. So,
4: Fantastic.
5: Yeah. Okay.
4: Okay. And tell us a little bit about what is your practice of Bible reading look like for you?
5: Well, I don't read through the Bible every year, mm-hmm. but uh, I am getting back at it this year. I was that's why I brought all this stuff with me. I think I'm going to try once again the the one year chronological Bible, which is kind of a neat way because you the the first five books are about the same but then once you get into 1st and 2nd Samuel Kings Chronicles then begins all of the stories of Israel's leaving their heart leaving God and and then and, then, and so instead of going through those and then into the um, prophets they plug the prophets in to where they belong historically so so you'll read along, and then you'll be reading in Isaiah parts of it, and then you'll be reading about David, and you'll be reading some Psalms and mm-hmm. Proverbs, and so that, especially the Old Testament, is mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try that again this year. Uh, Kathy Tyner and I did it one year, several years, a number of years ago. So we kind of edged each other along, you know, so I think I'm praying for somebody that I can be my buddy Hmm. to do this cool. so that we can kind of keep keep on top of it. So
4: Great idea. Have a <laughs> Bible reading buddy.
5: Yeah, Bible reading buddy. That's I
4: have one. His name is Watson. He was in my lap a lot when I was <laughs> preaching last week.
5: But on a daily basis, what I do for my time with the Lord is I, I cycle through the Gospels, hmm. And I don't even read a whole chapter. I might just read a passage. And then I'll talk about it with the Lord. And then I use our daily bread. Now I never did for years, but I use the our daily bread, and uh, and I go to Walmart and I get these inexpensive five-star Mead diary it has a little pocket where you can tuck your our daily bread in, and I journal and. Uh, Sometimes when I get into the passage for that day, it's just dry. So I just copy it down. I just copy a verse out of it. But sometimes, whatever I'm reading, whatever the passage is that day, I'll look at, I'll be reading it and thinking about it. And then I'll just really get... Especially if I have time, I really get interested in the whole chapter, not just the little three, four verses they're talking about. Sometimes I'll do a couple of chapters, so and and it goes from old to New Testament back and forth, back and forth. So sometimes I find the most surprising things doing that. And then I always write something down. Something times I'll just write a verse or the verse that stuck out to me personally, hmm. maybe not what the author was focusing on but what stuck out to me personally
1: mm-hmm.
5: and I'll mark it in my Bible or write it down mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm distracted and I can't pray very well so I will pray on on paper
1: mm-hmm.
5: and I'll just so every once in a while there will be two or three pages going on
1: mm-hmm. so
5: that's what I do there and then I like to end everything after I'm done just to expose myself to somebody who has walked with God and is close to His Word through the years, and my utmost for His highest is my latest thing. So this guy, my—he died in the First World War. But he's—it's very short. He's very cut to the quick. Hmm. There's another lady that I, I'll read her devotionals too these are people that I want to be get get to know, and it really helps me to uh, kind of get back to the real nuts and bolts of what it is to walk in truth. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm challenged by these people's lives and by the word. It's just that it's just like talking with somebody in person.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: So I go away better for it. Okay. Anyway, so that helps me. Uh, those are some of the things I do. I change it up once in a while, but uh, it's a good it's a good thing to do that. Now, you, we all know what it's like to skip days mm. when you you jump out of bed and you have a nine thirty, you know, eight o'clock in the morning appointment with a doctor and you got to get going, or like I was in the hospital a couple of times this last year and uh, I was thankful that. I had some of the Word of God hmm. memorized because it helped cause it's like, okay, Lord, just get me out of this place, hmm. you know, that hmm. kind of thing. Hmm. But that's it, you know. Um, but if anybody wants to see the Chronological Bible, that's why I brought it okay. afterwards. Okay. Yeah, that's another good way. In the bottom of our daily bread, in the bottom of each page, if you want to read through the Bible in a year, you're serious about that. They have a Bible reading plan, and it's usually two or three uh, chapters of the Old Testament and a little bit of the New Testament every day if you want to do that. Some people will do that over a two-year period, but, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's a, a lot of little Bible reading plans, but if you use our daily bread, look at the bottom. You got a year through the Bible. I'm sorry, I'm taking That's all right. way too much time. That's all right.
4: Well, thank you so much. Yeah. So, so Kathy has a few tools here that you can look at with her. She'll be happy to talk with you more about that later. Sure. Uh, you can go ahead and, if you want to, take your seat. And then what I'm going to do is uh, real quickly. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to one other tool, if I can. And can I give you that, Elsa? All right, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. So uh, one other thing, this is, uh, so she mentioned tools a little bit, and I think uh, what works for one person will not always work for another person. Uh, And what's important is finding what really works well for you, finding something that's simple. Uh, And if you are, if you're new to the idea of Bible reading, it's really good to have some kind of a tool. And uh, so a tool that I was introduced to yesterday Uh, Is an app uh, that I downloaded on my iPhone. It's called Dwell, Uh, and you can download it free for seven days. Then after that, it's a forty dollars subscription for a year. But my belief is, if forty dollars gets you into the Word of God and the Word of God into you, I mean, look at the kinds of stuff we spend money on that really has no real value for our soul. And I'm like, forty dollars is a small investment if it really, if if you're going to use it. And so. I like it. I really like it. I used it yesterday. I used it again today. My son introduced uh, me to it, and it has a lot of different reading plans, so you just pick the plan that works best for you. So I'm reading the New Testament and the Old Testament. It's really cool because you can listen to it as you read it. Uh, It's the lazy man's way of reading through the Bible. Let me put it that way. Because what it does is it actually goes through the Scripture, so you're actually looking at it, and you don't have to change pages. It's like it moves along, and it highlights what verse you're on all the way through it. Uh, And then it's got, like, uh, you can set music to the background, whatever music you like. And you can pick between, like, I don't know, there's like 20 different voices, maybe more, you know. uh, And uh, several different translations, including the King James. I think the New King James, the English Standard Version, the NIV. uh, And I think the New Living Translation, and maybe a couple others. Portuguese, if you read Portuguese, it's got a Portuguese uh, translation. And so, uh, so, so that. So, uh, hey, let's do this. Let's just turn our eyes to the screen for a moment. Going to show you a short video, and then I'm going to launch into my message. so uh, real quick, next week we're going to kick off a brand new series. This series is going to be uh, on the food of the Spirit. It's actually a part of a spiritual growth campaign. I just realized what I didn't do. I didn't do the offering time. Yeah, yeah I didn't do the offering time. So uh, can we do that real quick? Actually, uh, I want to do it because I do think it's an important part of our worship, all right? Uh, so uh, as you know, we, we serve a God who is awesome, who is holy, who is... Uh, who is gracious, merciful, loving, and, uh, and for us, uh, worship is, uh, there is the worship, worship and song, but also there is the worship in giving, which I also believe is important. So at this time, we want to bring our tithes, our offerings to God, and at uh, Solana Valley Church, there are a number of ways that you can uh, give to our church. Uh, the first one is by giving online at www. That's spelled www at uh, backslash giving so you can do it that way uh, you can tap give on the SBC phone app uh, and then uh, also uh, and then just follow the prompts just follow the prompts whatever it tells you to do then you can also send a church uh, check to thirteen oh seven Oliver Road uh, right here uh, that's another way that you can give you can text give the the word give two seven zero seven 883 3019 That's 707-883-3019. And finally, if you're here in person, uh, we have a little silver slot on the wall back behind the sound booth uh, where you can, put, uh, you can put an offering there if you'd like to do that. Um, so um, So what I wanted to do, and I apologize, I did not do this well, uh, but uh, uh, is, is uh, what I want you to do is I want you to imagine your life, a life filled. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know how you would describe your life. But I want you to imagine that your life is filled with love, that your life is filled with joy, that your life is filled with peace, that your life is filled with patience, even when that mean person cuts you off in traffic. Uh, That your life is filled with uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want you to imagine that your life is filled with these kinds of things. And I want you to imagine it permeates all the most important relationships of your life. Uh, It permeates your marriage. It permeates your family, uh, your home. It, it, It goes with you into the workplace, it goes with you to school, if you're in school, it goes with you wherever you go. And uh, for some uh, of us, I I just want you to uh, uh, kind of think about this and imagine this, and this is what I want you to understand, is that this kind of a life is possible. It is possible. Uh, But it's only possible as we walk by the Spirit, as we are led by the Spirit, as we keep in step. Uh, with the Spirit as we live by the Spirit. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have a spiritual growth campaign, uh, Life in the Spirit, and uh, where we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to be talking about what does life in the Spirit look like. And so what it's going to look like is 10 consecutive Sundays, we're going to have a message each week where we'll analyze different parts of the fruit of the Spirit, explore each of those uh, parts of the fruit of the Spirit in more detail. And then also, uh, we're going to have concurrent Bible studies that'll be working through the book of Galatians, because the fruit of the Spirit is found in Galatians chapter 5. So what we want to do is we'll be studying in our groups, we'll be studying uh, the book of Galatians, which would give us a better context for really talking about and thinking about life in the Spirit, for thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, and by studying the Word together, I really think when you study the Scriptures in community, uh, I think it's something that's really good for us. And the reason it's so good for us is because uh, we get an opportunity to actually live it in relationship with the people around us. And uh, because the fruit of the Spirit is something that you live by yourself. It's something that you live in community. And so uh, so over the next few weeks, this is what I'm going to encourage you to do. Uh, this will help you get off to a fantastic start in, uh, in 2022 is to read your Bible daily, uh, to uh, plug into participate in a Bible study on Galatians Weekly. Uh, we're going to have a group on Tuesday nights, I think, led by the Colossians. We'll have one on Thursday nights, uh, led by the Acords. Uh, we'll have a women's group on Sunday afternoons that will be led by my wife. Uh, I'm going to lead a men's group here on Monday nights, uh, but uh, there should be a group for everybody. And so, uh, But I want to encourage you. Uh, to be in the Bible every day, to plug into studying the Word with a group of people, and then be with us weekly uh, for worship as we go through this together. Um, Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to do just a standalone message uh, on Isaiah, um, Isaiah chapter 6. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6. Last year, we kicked off the year... We kicked off the year doing a series uh, on spiritual renewal, and what we did is we went through the books of uh, Ezra and we went through the books of Re- uh, uh, of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, and we looked at a time of spiritual renewal, a time of spiritual revival in Jerusalem under their leadership uh, today. Uh, but one of the one of the chapters of the Bible that's just kind of been, you know. I've been mulling it over, off and on, all year long, has been Isaiah chapter 6. Because Isaiah chapter 6 talks about the spiritual renewal of a person, even though the culture that Isaiah was living in was very antagonistic to God. There was no spiritual renewal in the life of, of, of Isaiah. He never got to see revival. Uh, in the community of faith he never got to see that Uh, but he experienced personal revival in the middle of all this and so what I want to read for you today is Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 13 Uh, and then we're going to take a little bit more time and and look at that uh, in a little bit more detail the Bible says this I'm reading from the NIV text we'll also have it up on the screen if you have your Bible I encourage you to open up to it if you have a phone app I would encourage you to look there but uh, in uh, Isaiah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, uh, the Bible says this, and, and very, very quickly, okay? It says, uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, all right? So uh, Uzziah had been king of Judah for 52 years, okay? That's a long time, all right? I mean, that, that's a lifetime for some people. For 52 years, he had been king of Judah. This was a time of uh, material affluence. Uh, for the nation of Judah, they were uh, there was a, a great deal of material prosperity. However, with that, there was also a great deal of spiritual apathy, and, uh, and which sometimes happens where there's great affluence, where there's great prosperity. Sometimes people can become very, very uh, apathetic uh, in their faith, and this is what happened in the nation of Judah, and this is part uh, of what. Isaiah had to to address. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were were seraphim. Uh, Above him were seraphim. A seraph, real quick, a seraph is an angelic being uh, clothed in fire. The word seraph literally means burning one. Okay? So there are these burning angelic beings. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, Isaiah cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the king, the Lord Almighty. Here am I. Send me. He said, Go and tell this people. Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes. Hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, For how long, Lord? And he answered, Until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, uh, until houses are left deserted. And the fields are ruined and ravaged. Until the Lord has sent everyone far away into captivity, into exile. And the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and oak leave stumps, when they're cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. Take a moment and pray, and we're going to look at this a little more closely. God, you are holy, holy, holy. You are the Lord God Almighty. There is nothing you cannot do. God, your glory fills the earth. God, today I ask that you would open our eyes. Open our our, our eyes. God, help us to see. Help us to see you and all of your holiness. Help us to humble ourselves before you. Um, help us to be changed. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, real quickly, what I want you to see today, and I, I, first of all, is just understand this. Uh, Isaiah was commissioned by God uh, to bring a prophetic message to the people of, of Judah. The ministry that Isaiah was going to have was going to be very, very difficult okay it was going to be tough Uh, it just was going to be hard Uh, he wasn't going to see any kind of a revival Uh, he was just going to see a a continued turning from God by the people of Judah Uh, it was going to be um, it was just going is going to be really really difficult and so to, to, to uh, prepare for this extremely difficult mission and ministry, Isaiah had a God encounter that would shape his life and shape his ministry. Um, it would give him the kind of fierce resolve that he was going to need. Because he had to be as resolved in his faithfulness and proclaiming the prophetic message as the people of Judah were resolved in their unfaithfulness, he needed this kind of God encounter. By the way, every one of us needs a God encounter. In this God encounter, I want you to see four things. First of all, I want you to see the holiness of God in verses one through four. I want you to see that the, the holiness of God here is that that. Um, it's it's really fascinating. It's it's very very fascinating because the way, just the way that the whole text is introduced to us in the year the king Uzziah died, Isaiah sees a king, who will never die. And the year the king Uzziah died, Isaiah sees a king who will never die. He sees a king, who is absolutely awesome, in holiness. He sees, um, he sees the, the, he sees God, highly exalted, sitting on his throne, the train uh, of, of his his robe filling the temple. Now, which temple this is, uh, is not entirely clear. This could have been a vision of God, uh, in the temple of Solomon that Solomon built, because it still would have been around at that time, or it could have been a vision of God in his heavenly temple. But what. What Isaiah sees is he sees God highly exalted, seated on a throne, being attended to by the seraphim, covering their, their faces, covering their feet in humility before God, crying out again and again and again, holy, 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 very important words. Uh, when when they say, this is very, very interesting, this is very interesting. You know, in the Bible, there are different words that are used to describe God? Like God, is, like God is loving or God is merciful or God is, is just or God is powerful or God is sovereign or God is whatever. Interesting, interesting. The Bible never says God is loving, loving, loving. The Bible never says that God is powerful, powerful, powerful. The Bible never says that God is merciful, merciful, merciful. It doesn't say that. But one thing the Bible does say is that God is holy, holy, holy. It says it in the Old Testament Scriptures, and it says it in the New Testament Scriptures. And the thing is, for a lot of people in our world today, to say that God is holy almost feels flat. See, the word holy for us... uh, we live in a cult, the more profane a culture is, the more profane a culture is, the more important it is to see God in His holiness. Uh, you know, in, in our culture, holy is used, when we think of holiness, sometimes we think of holier than thou. See, we use holy in a way that was never intended to be used. We, we, use the, we use the word holier than thou to describe a person who is prideful and arrogant in their spirituality or their religion. And the truth is, is, if we rightly understood holiness and the holiness of God, we'd be appalled by that way of thinking. We use the word holy sometimes as an exclamation point. You know, I don't know, holy cow. Holy moly. Holy fill in the blank. Sometimes with very very unholy words. Um. We need to see God in His holiness. God, that that what what Isaiah saw is he saw God holy, holy, holy. It, it's kind of like in in our in in English if you want to draw attention to to something on a written page. So, for example, here, if you want to draw attention to something on a written page, maybe you put it in bold. Maybe you bring it over to the left so you can kind of see it better. Maybe you put it in a larger font. Maybe you underline it. Maybe you italicize it. Maybe, sometimes like me, you'll do all of those things because you want it to be seen. And that's exactly what we see here with the seraphim. Is they want... um, is that they, they're seeing God as holy, holy, holy. That, that, that God, for them, is holy. That God is, um, when we think of holy, this is how I'd like you to think of it, is I'd like you to think of the word wholeness. You want wholeness in your life? Do you want, do you want your, I don't know, your body to be whole? Imagine for a moment, your arm is rotting flesh infested with maggots. That's what unholiness is. Holiness is, it's uh, healthy. It's whole. It um, it, It is healthy. Very, very healthy. And that's the difference between Holiness and unholiness. One is is like spiritual decay and rot and filth. And one is like total, complete health and, and wholeness and good. Um, the first thing I want you to see is I want you to see the holiness of God. The second thing I want you to see is the humility of Isaiah. Is that when, when Isaiah sees God, immediately... Uh, He cries out, woe, woe to me, woe to me. Uh, He says, woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty, very, very quickly. Uh, I really believe, uh, what I want you to see is the humility of Isaiah. I do not believe this is a cry of despair. I don't. I don't think it's a cry of despair. I think it is a cry of, of humility before God. I think it is a humble uh, confession before God. God, you are holy and I am not. I am a man of unclean lips. See, the seraphim, they are worshiping God, declaring his holiness. In a sense, he's saying, I, I am a man of unclean lips. I, I, I can't even, you know, I don't even deserve to speak of your holiness. Because of my uncleanness. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And 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 what we see in this is I don't think this is a cry of despair. I think it is a a cry of, of humility, of of confession, of sin before God. I actually believe it is a a I believe it's a cry not of despair but of desperation. Desperation before God. That, that, and the reason I say this, and I, I believe we see evidence and what happens after this, is because with, with Isaiah, what he is doing here is he's saying, I am a man of unclean lips, I live among a people of unclean lips. And immediately what God does is God makes provision for Isaiah. That, uh, that the atonement of Isaiah, that immediately the seraphim flies to Isaiah with a live coal in his hand. He takes it, he touches the lips of Isaiah with the coal, and he says, you he says this, he says, see, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. Is immediately, when there's humility before God, immediately, there is atonement. Sin is taken away. Uh, the word atonement, kind of an interesting word, not a word we use in everyday life, uh, because we don't typically sacrifice lambs. If you do, please stop. Okay, uh, if you're out sacrificing animals, just not not cool. All right. Uh, in the Old Testament system, yes, there was a place for it, uh, but there's a reason why we don't make we don't do that anymore, because see, Jesus is our atoning sacrifice. Jesus is our atoning sacrifice, and so. Uh, And and so in this case, uh, to to atone means to purge, uh, to forgive, to annul, to blot out sin. It means to appease wrath. It means to make amends or make good. By the way, Isaiah does not make uh, amends for himself. He does not make good for himself. The God is the one who provides. God is the one who provides the atoning sacrifice. And that's the symbol uh, that we see uh, in, in, in this text. That, that the fourth thing I want you to see is I want you to see the commission of Isaiah. And, and this is in verses 8 through 13. In verses 8 through 13, we see uh, the commission uh, of, uh, of Isaiah. That immediately, uh, uh, Isaiah hears this voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Very interesting. Circle that word us. Okay? Circle the word us because I do believe, you know, uh, some people believe that that God is speaking on behalf of a divine council. The only thing is that what's pictured here is not a divine council. What's pictured here is an exalted God, exalted king on his throne. And that this is beginning to give us a foreshadowing of what the New Testament will talk to us about in more detail, which we call the Trinity. God conferring not with others, but with himself. Who will go for us, God says. And uh, immediately, uh, Isaiah says, here am I, send me. By the way, this is what happens. This is what happens when people... When when people get humble before God, when people get humble before God, when they confess their sin, when they experience cleansing, this is what happens, is people get eager to serve. Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. He doesn't say, here am I, send someone else. So interesting. Uh, Every once in a while, I'll hear someone say, well, someone should do, and then they'll list something that needs to get done in the church. Rarely does the person who says someone should do this or someone should do that, do I hear them say, here am I, send me. And yet that's exactly the posture we see in Isaiah. is He's the one who's ready to show up. He's the ready uh, to sign up. He is ready uh, to, and, and, and what, what God does is he gives him this prophetic message. Uh, he gives him a prophetic message to go and speak on his behalf to the people of Judah. Uh, And um, and, and the message that Isaiah, in the ministry of Isaiah, is going to be hard. The people of Judah have hearts that are hardened against God. They hear but don't understand. You know why? Because they don't want to understand. They see but they don't perceive. You know why? Because they don't want to perceive. Their hearts are calloused towards God. By the way, by the way. Um, The greater our unholiness, the more, the more we want to deny our sin. Here's, this is the, this is, what, what, what the hardening of sin looks like is this. God speaks to us in grace. But when people refuse the grace of God, you know what happens? Their hearts become hard. God speaks to us in grace. But when a person says, no, I, I, I don't want that. I, I want this. I want my unholiness. And the more people refuse the grace of God, the more calloused they become. This is why the first sense that you have of anything in your heart that stands between you and following Jesus is, The first time, the first time that God convicts us is very important that we come to God for cleansing and repent. And in, 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 uh, because if we refuse the grace of God, if we refuse the grace of God, if we refuse the grace of God over time, we become calloused in our sin, um, um, I'm just going to, real quick, uh, just a a, a few application points and and finish this. Uh, Four things, four things I think God wants for us. Number one, we need a fresh appreciation of the holiness and glory of God. I think in 21st century North America, we are wild by all kinds of things. But we have ceased to be wild by God. Uh, We're wild by, I don't know, you know, I mean, we're entertaining ourselves and entertaining ourselves and entertaining ourselves and, and I think with this, if we're not careful, we become, uh, we become kind of resistant to the idea of being wild by God. That what we really need is we need a fresh appreciation of the holiness and the glory of God, similar to what Isaiah had. Secondly, we need to be humble before God and confess any area of sin or unholiness in our lives. That, that we need to uh, immediately confess our sins. Immediately we need to uh, to Uh, and, and, And when we do this, this is not a cry of despair. This is not a cry of despair. It's just simple humbling ourselves before God. It's not a cry of despair. It's a cry of desperation that we want to be holy as God is holy. Third is this, is that we need to be cleansed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. Now, here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to share with you kind of a stupid uh, example. Can I do that uh, from my personal life because I'm kind of stupid? Well, okay, maybe not. But, but I remember as a kid that for me, uh, I was really drifting into legalism in a big way. And I really wanted to live a day before God without sin. And it's funny, the harder I tried to live a day before God without sin, you know what happened? the worse it got. And so for me, the symbol of living a day without sin for me became driving under the speed limit. This is the reason I drive 80 on 80 today, okay? Uh, is that, that I began to make this kind of very, very rigid way of thinking about how I drove my car. And so if the speed limit was 25, I would go from zero to 25 as fast as any car could go, Okay? If uh, the speed limit was 45, I was at a stoplight. the moment the light turned green, it, the accelerator was on the floorboard. Uh, not that I was impatient or anything. Uh, but I wanted to get to 45 as fast as I could. And uh, at this time, I was also driving, uh, I was driving uh, in, in doing deliveries for a drugstore in, Uh, A local pharmacy in in Little Rock, and I would drive all around town. Sometimes I'd drive through very, very narrow streets and through neighborhoods and stuff like that. And as I was doing this, I was always listening to guys like John MacArthur and and Chuck Swindoll on on the, the, the radio. Those were the people I was listening to a lot. And so I'd be listening to them, meanwhile, trying to get the speed limit as fast as I could go without going a mile an hour over. But the moment the moment I went a mile an hour over, my radio station changed the Led Zeppelin, and I would drive like crazy <laughs> everywhere because I was like, well, I've already blown it today. I might as well just go ahead and drive the way I want to drive, okay? And in, in um, wh- where am I going with this? The, the point is The point is this, is that I was trying to make atonement for myself. I was trying to cleanse myself through uh, my own personal discipline and I would fall, fail miserably again and again and again that so what we need is we need atonement, the atoning sacrifice of Jesus, not just a uh, 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 this determination in our own human flesh that we're going to live an obedient life. you understand the difference? okay we need an atoning sacrifice, not legalism uh, fourth, fourth, we need to eagerly fulfill the prophetic ministry that God has given us to proclaim the gospel to all people everywhere. Now, fortunately, you know, fortunately, we don't have the ministry of Isaiah where we have to talk to people who are resistant to the gospel, resistant to the prophetic message over and over again. Here's the thing. This is what I want you to know. This is crazy. Isaiah asked, he asked God, how long, how long? How long am I supposed to do this? How long am I supposed to proclaim this message? And, and the answer of God is this. Until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, Until the houses are left deserted and the fields are ruined and ravaged. Until the Lord has sent everyone far away. This is exile. This is captivity. Uh, uh, and the land is utterly forsaken. Do you know how long it took for that to happen? The prophetic call to ministry with Isaiah happened in seven excuse me, yeah, 739 BC. The exile, the deportation uh, happened in 605 BC, 135 years later. Judah persisted in its sin without any kind of revival for 135 years. And then in a series of three invasions, uh, first led by Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, they were deported, carried away into exile, into captivity for 70 years. And revival didn't come till roughly, if I remember correctly, under the ministries of Ezra and Nehemiah about 535 uh, B.C., roughly uh, 205 years later, 205 years later. that that revival finally came. Um, God has given us a prophetic ministry, not to proclaim judgment. God has given us a prophetic message to proclaim good news. That's what the gospel is. It's good news. That God has given us this, this message to proclaim Uh, It's good news that God wants to save you, me, the people you live next door to, the people you live across the street from, family, friends. That what God wants for us is he wants us to be praying for the lost people that fill our lives. He wants us to be praying for them. He wants me to be praying for my neighbors next door and across the street from me who live around the block from me. He wants me to be praying for my buddy at the bike store. He wants me to be praying for uh, the kids that I get to be around at the 11. He wants me to be praying for the people in my life who don't yet know Jesus. And he wants me to be praying that God will draw them to himself. And he wants this for you too. That we pray that God would draw these people to himself. And then we love these people. We spend time with them. We break bread with them. We get involved in their lives, and we invite them to be involved in our lives with us. And as God gives us opportunity, what we want to do is we want to be ready to share with them the reason for our hope in Jesus. And God has given us this message of the gospel to share with our world. Should I invite the worship team up? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and have the worship team come back up. Uh, I, yeah. And then uh, just a couple of comments. Isaiah lived in a profane culture to despise the holiness of God. They were a people of unclean lips, and Isaiah had, uh, uh, in, 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 in many respects, Isaiah was much like his culture. Uh, but Isaiah sees a vision of the holiness of God. He humbles himself, repents, even, uh, and even in his culture, even though his culture was not revived, he experienced his own spiritual renewal. The point that I wanted to make for you is this. Is that sometimes we don't get to see revival in our lifetime. But we can see revival in our lives. You understand what I'm saying here? We don't always get to see revival in our lifetime. Isaiah didn't. But he got to see revival in his life. And that's why we pray for it. And that's why we come together for things like what we're going to do tonight. And pray. Uh. In prayer. uh God, you are great, you are awesome, you are good, you are holy, holy, holy. You are the Lord God Almighty. Your glory fills the earth. My prayer, God, is that we would have a greater sense of your holiness. I pray that we'd have a better understanding of your holiness. Lord, I pray that as we grow in our understanding of your holiness, that we would be humble before you, desperate to be holy as you are holy. That, that we would not lean into any kind of legalism, but lean into your atoning sacrifice for our sin. And God, as we, uh, as we know uh, our own salvation, and what you have done for us through the gospel, I pray that you have given us an eagerness to share uh, that message, the message of the gospel, with the people that we share our lives with. And I pray this in Christ's name, of your glory.
0: Thank you so much Gary Before we do our closing song here Jen has some special announcements To share with us
2: Good morning family Alright so I'm, I'm Jen If you don't know me I hope you do If I haven't met you I'd love to So I just wanted to say good morning Thank you Gary for that awesome message And I just have a couple of quick announcements To go over Number one Carolyn did a great job talking about revival prayer for tonight, but I just want to remind you that it's going to be tonight here at 630 in the sanctuary. We would just encourage you to come join us to pray as a group, as a body of believers, and that way we can all be in agreement with each other, and God will hear what we have to say. Um, It's awesome when we can pray together, not just by ourselves. So I would invite you to join us in that. Um, Also, the new series is going to start next week, Sunday, January 9th, about uh, the spirit of of the fruit of the spirit and the series is actually called life in the spirit and it's going to teach us how to walk in fellowship with the spirit and we can live it out in our daily lives and i would encourage you guys to join one of those groups the tuesday night the thursday night the sunday night the monday night one of those groups it's a great way to um, continue learning more about what we do on sundays we can talk about it with each other we can build relationships so I'd really encourage you, if you haven't done, done a small group, that you would join one, and it will just expand our Sunday into our week because we should be doing this all week long, not just on Sundays, but diving into the Word, like Kathy was talking about, all week long. And one way we can do that is in connection in a community group. So that helps with that. Um, I have another really big uh, ask from you guys, and that is a serving opportunity. So... Before COVID came, we used to have on that beautiful back table, awesome refreshments every Sunday. We would have coffee brewing back there. But because of COVID, we had to cut all that out. So um, the guidelines are such that we can bring that back now. But we need your guys' help to make that happen. So Sharon Lynch is going to be our point person on the refreshments. So if you are a person who wants to be on that team, we would love to have you. We have a sign-up back there if you go ahead and put your information, and somebody will contact you about that. We'd love to get this going. If you are a person who loves coffee, I know I do. Uh, We need a leader in that uh, ministry area. We also need people who are willing to serve in that ministry. So if you're a person that would be interested in doing that, we would love to bring that back every Sunday. I know my kids, they get so excited when they come out of Sunday school and they run to the refreshment table, and they're like, oh, what's over here? So um, we just want to bring that back. It gives us an opportunity to have fellowship as a church. After church, we can connect with each other. We can share what's going on in our lives over coffee and a donut. So um, this is, to me, is a very important thing that we bring back, but we can't do it without hands to do it. So if it's something that you're interested in, Please reach out, sign up, and we can get in contact with you about that. I'm going to now turn it back over to our wonderful worship team. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.
0: Thanks, Jen. Let's stand, church, and worship together one last time today.
1: I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing but not alive. was my tomb till I met you you called Mercy, now Your mercy has saved my soul. Now Your freedom is all that I know. The old ain't Jesus. When I met You, You called me.
0: grateful you were here with us today hope to see you back here tonight at 6 30 for revival prayer until then take care